Well, we've got oh, to get go. to our very first and very special guest uh, on Saturday night. The A-League men's grand final is coming to Sydney. One of my favourite voices in commentary. And oh. when we got him on the phone, I heard him on the phone just then. It's a smile. I just I love the boys. <laughs> and the he's the voice of Australian football. And that's Simon Hill. Uh, thanks to Paramount Plus and Channel 10. He's going to be commentating the grand final. He joins us. G'day, Simon. How are you guys? You alright? Oh, couldn't be better, buddy. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Tell us how excited uh, should we be? I mean, we're Melbourne City people. Uh, Saturday night is another huge night for the, the, the club. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, they've won three consecutive premierships, so uh, the grand final, obviously, is the big one in Australia. And uh, they've only won one of those, uh, despite this being their fourth consecutive grand final. So, uh, they'll be very, very anxious to win on Saturday night. So I think just to underline the dominance that they've had in the competition over the last uh, three or four years. Uh, it's was here, mate. Thanks for chatting to us. Are there any sort of injury issues that we should be worried about? I think uh, Lecky's getting through full games. Uh, are we are we ready to go? Yeah, I don't think there are any injury concerns. Um, I think the only person on the long-term injury treatment table is, is Aaron Soleimani, the young kid who uh, probably wouldn't have started, maybe wouldn't have even made the bench anyway. So, uh, no, I think they're all fit and raring to go. Uh, obviously, the, the question for Rado Vidicic is, you know, does he change things around? Uh, he made one or two interesting changes for the second leg of the semi-final against Sydney, leaving Florent Berenguer and Richard van der Ven, both on the bench, along with Callum Tolbert, played Nuno Reis at right back. And uh, to be fair to him, it worked, um, albeit, you know, obviously held by the early sending off of Max Burgess for Sydney, but uh, they absolutely blitzed Sydney. So, yeah, I wonder if he'll stick with a winning team or whether it'll be a, you know, horses for courses approach and whether he might uh, change things around a bit. But he's he's got such strength and depth that uh, he's, he's got some very nice problems in terms of his team selection, that's for sure. And the season uh, that was just quickly, in, in your view, how, how, did, how did you find this season in regards to soccer and any, the forward steps that they may have made? Well, look, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with the football. Um, you know, the, the games are good. The league is competitive. Uh, we're bringing through a lot of good young players. I mean, just look at Melbourne City. Uh, Jordan Boss is off to Belgium. Uh, record transfer fee, $2 million. Marco Tilio rumoured mm. with a move overseas. Uh, same story with Aidan O'Neill, maybe Tom Glover as well. You know, that's four players who've attracted the attention of uh, uh, clubs in Europe. So we must be doing something right. And, you know, that's been happening now for a few seasons. The, the issue is, as ever, is off the pitch. Um, can we get more fans through the gates? Can we get more people watching on TV? Uh, the grand final decision to take it to Sydney for the next three years is obviously hugely controversial. Um, there's still a bit of a disconnect, unfortunately, between the league and the football community at large. And, uh, you know, that's obviously something that we have to try and fix. But uh, it's not easy. We've been trying that for the best part of 50 years. Mm. With those things, though, Simon, do, do we need an expansion? Like, is that, I mean, that's been floated and there's obviously teams wanting to participate and all this sort of stuff, but with all those problems off the pitch, um, is, there, is it the right time to expand? Well, personally, I think it is because we need a 14-team competition because we need a proper home and away uh, season. Uh, you know, a traditional football league, you play a team once at home and once away. And at the moment, we're a little bit unbalanced. 
We have uh, some teams who play other other sides three times in a season, other teams only two. Uh, so I, I think for sporting integrity, it, it will be good. Uh, also, you know, we, we need to expand our competition. We have one of the smallest professional leagues in world football. And if we're going to give opportunities for this huge participation base that we have, which has always been our strength, uh, and offer not only more opportunities for those players, but also for coaches and administrators, dare I say broadcasters, journalists, etc. Generally, we need to grow the football economy. So expansion is a good thing. Um, obviously, we've got the national second division that is mooted to be coming around in 2024 as well. Uh, ultimately, we'd like a proper connected football pyramid, the same as they have in every other single country bar the United States. So, you know, that, that's the aim. That's the dream. Obviously, it's difficult. We've got a big country geographically. Uh, finances are an issue. We're not the main game in town. We know all the problems. But, uh, you know, the word I hear too often in, in football in Australia is can't. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do the other. Well, we've got to try because that's what football fans want. And uh, at the moment, we're not quite delivering what they want, in my opinion. And if we if we look at other leagues around, I mean, we can sort of be inspired by the... Even with the... I think it was Luton Town um, making their way up to the Premier League and that tiny little stadium. And what did you make of that? Yeah, well, I mean, that, you know, that's the template for uh, what we'd love to achieve here in Australia. Uh, stories like Luton are the essence of what football is about all over the planet. Um, you know, they were in the first division, the old first division that preceded the Premier League. Back in 1992, they went all the way down to non-league, the fifth tier of the competition. Uh, and then over the last 10 years, they've worked their way all the way back up. And yes, their stadium is small and ramshackle. I've been there a couple of times myself, uh, but it doesn't matter. It, it's, it's about sporting merit on the field. And, you know, we understand why the A-League was set up and the way it was set up. But at some points, uh, you know, that those shackles need to be loosened and the whole football community needs to be connected. And, you know, people say, well, you know, we might lose clubs uh, because of financial problems. Well, <laughs> you know, they've got financial problems at the moment. Mm. Um, and to be honest, maybe it would make them, you know, a little bit better at their businesses if there was the threat of uh, going down to a second division. Yeah. Um, that's what happens all over the world. So, you know, this this oft-quoted line that Australia is unique, it's not unique. It's like every other country, just a bit bigger. So we've got to try and find solutions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, and you're, you're a massive uh, Manchester City fan, so they won the EPL again and are going for more titles in the next few weeks. So you, you just must be uh, so happy, Simon. Yeah, well, I'd be even happier if they could uh, resolve these 115 charges that are outstanding against City for financial irregularities. That's uh, obviously a little bit of a cloud over what's happening at the moment. But in terms of on the pitch, um, they are without peer. They're probably the best uh, team in, in world football at the moment. Now, they've got to prove that over the next couple of weeks. They've got the FA Cup final against uh, United's Crosstown rivals coming up on Saturday night, which will be a difficult game. Uh, and then next week it's the Champions League final against Inter of Italy so two very tough games to end the season but if they win both then uh, they'll become the first English team to do the treble since uh, Man United in 1999 so it'll be a, a heck of an achievement Oh wow, that should be exciting and that'll be a great achievement and uh, speaking of EPL, uh, Ange Postacoglu are we going to see him 
end up there at uh, the end of this football season? Well, I mean, I'd like to think so, but uh, you know, I, I obviously don't know what is is in Angie's mind, and and also the you know the big rumor in the UK is that Tottenham is the club that's interested in him, but they're also interested in one or two others. Uh, most notably, Luis Enrique. So it, it depends which way Tottenham want to go, um, and if they do decide they want Ange, whether he sees that as a good fit. Personally, I think it would be. Uh, they're the sort of club I think that would appreciate Angie's style of football. Uh, the old chestnut is: would they give him enough time to implement what he wants to do? And you know, as we know with Angie's teams, uh, they don't arrive in five minutes. They take a little bit of time to work, and patience is not always the greatest mm. virtue in that, <laughs> in terms of Premier League chairman. So it's it's a big decision, but at the moment, it's not one he has to make. Uh, that might change over the next few weeks. But if Spurs offer him the job, I'd be tempted to say he'd take it. And one one last one. I know we're short on time with you. One last one from me. The uh, the women's women's World Cup coming up with obviously Sam Kerr and Co. and and Elsa being a big chance. So you're looking forward to that? Yeah, well, I'm going to be working on it. So uh, yeah. first time I've done the women's World Cup, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and you're right that Australia have got a chance. I, I don't think they're the favourites, but I think they're a good puncher's chance. Uh, you know, we do have one of the best players in the world in this country, in Sam Kerr. Um, whether she's got the supporting cast to go along with her, uh, that will all play out over the next couple of months. There are a few issues, particularly with regards to the defence and uh, the likes of Claire Polkinghorne and Alana Kennedy are not playing an awful lot of football for their club sides over the last uh, few months. Um, so whether the defence will be strong enough against the best teams in the world remains to be seen. But um, generally, it's going to be a great festival. I'm sure people will turn up in their thousands to watch the games. And uh, if the Matildas can give a good account of themselves, then so much the better. Oh, yes. No, we're all looking forward to that one, Simon. And just uh, just as we leave you, mate, just a prediction on Saturday night uh, with the City versus Mariners uh, A-League Grand Final, the score, and uh, who will win? Yeah, look, I'm going to stick with Melbourne City because I think, you know, they won the Premier's plate by 11 points and uh, the history books tell us that normally the team that is dominant in the regular season wins wins the championship. It's not always the case, of course, uh, and the Mariners are perfectly capable of winning on Saturday, but I, I think Melbourne City will win uh, probably in a tight final by 1-0 or 2-1 and I'll go for Jamie McLaren, who else, as uh, as the scorer of the winning goal. Oh. He normally does. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we're really looking forward to it, Simon. Hey, we'll, we'll leave it there, buddy. Good luck with the call. Um, we'll all be watching, so uh, have a great weekend, mate. Thanks, guys. You too. All <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Fantastic. Simon Hill there from Paramount Plus, Channel 10. Unmistakable soccer voice for yes. Australia. It's, uh, I love it.